At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 213. What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, buddy? Oh, I have blown my nose more times than Matthew Barzell has, like, swished his hair back in his life. It's just today. Like, I am dying, buddy. (laughs) Not literally, of course. All I've got is a cold. There's a sickness going around my household. My daughter got it first. Now it's me, then my son, my wife got it too. Uh, But we had her tested. It's not COVID. I get my test tomorrow. I'm pretty sure it'll also come back negative. Uh, But it's just, we haven't been sick for like 18 months. And now this is doing the round and it's kicking our butt, buddy. What's going on with you? Yeah, you don't sound good. Hoping, you know, you and the fam start to feel better soon. Um, Not a whole lot going on over here. Just a regular Wednesday. Um, Working from home now, I don't have as many good anecdotes because I don't really interact with people. (laughs) It's kind of just me and my dog. Although I don't think... The dog doesn't realize that I'm like home, I think sometimes, because usually her routine when no one is home, like she'll go upstairs and sleep on like my sister's bed. Uh, And I like try to get her to come. But no, she's just content on being a sad sack by herself in my (laughs) sister's room. So uh, I'm trying to get like a, a work from home buddy, but she won't go for it. No, she's got her routine. She doesn't want to deviate from it. Marshall is old now, and he's kind of, like, weirded out by people still being home. Like, guys, you went to school. You left. GTFO, I want to sleep. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I get it. Dogs are a special kind. There we go. So we have a lot to get into today, Mitch. But before we do that, you want to do a little interruption. I have a pubic service announcement, Mitch. And the news you've all been waiting for. The Lawnmower 4.0, the best trimmer in the game, is now available for purchase in the U.S. and in Canada. Over 2 million men worldwide trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer I have for you. Free shipping and 20% off using Fansided 20. Nice and easy, just Fansided 20. You get 20% off on the Lawnmower 4.0, any of their performance packages, the cologne's a fan favorite. I love it over at manscaped.com. Mitch, I know it's a fan fave over for you too. I would sell this product even if I wasn't told to sell it. Honestly, I really, when we got the ad reads for Manscaped, I was pumped going, yes, this is a product that I believe in, that I use. Um, <clears throat> I love Manscaped. I, I love use it maybe not all the time because there's no need to use it all the time. But when I need it, it is there and it does the job so damn well. So damn well. Get it. 20% off and free shipping. Come on. There you go. So let's hop into today's episode. We have a news bite, and then we're going to get into not really a debate, but just kind of talking about the goalie situation. Our, our, our thing of news is the Islanders officially sold out their first ever game at UBS Arena. So in Belmont against the Calgary Flames, completely sold out. Within minutes, right? Like when they opened it for individual sale, gone within minutes i was in the pre-sale list as were a number of other people that i know and like we never got the email 
And we only got it like the day later going, all right, it's open, guys. You're saying it's too late. They're already all gone. Oh, that's it's huge news, right, for the Islanders. And yes, I've seen some people say like, well, home, all home openers usually sell out. Sure, yeah, even for the Islanders, they've sold out specifically recently. I do, I do get that, but we usually find out about that uh, on game day, maybe the day before type of thing, not two months before the game is supposed to be played. Yeah, um, that's a great point because, like you said, it's still so far away uh, from when the actual game is going to be played. Like, usually, yeah, sure, when the season gets a little closer, maybe we get that information out, but how often is it? that the Islanders sell something out in seconds, Mitch. Like that that's the thing you, you brought up, but I think that's the big story. We got that's the lead. We gotta talk about it. It's cause it sold out like like that. It was over. Yeah, it they opened and it closed. Right? It's like the, the South Park meme, like, and it's gone. Right. Like that's exactly what happened. They opened it, everyone bought them out, and it's there there's there's no more left. Uh, <coughs> which was a problem because I, I really wanted one. So I ended up I ended up getting one, but <coughs> to spend two hundred dollars on third bowl uh you know you're no longer at the nassau coliseum anymore yeah because that that's double really it 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 is it definitely is the tickets are pricey that always tends to happen on a new build when you move into a new building though because that's like part of the spectacle it's like oh my god i want to go in and see the new new building so you're gonna have to pay you know that tax just to get in the building exactly and so and that's really where this the the not the discussion but like the uh, the importance of this news item comes from is that this is the first day of the UBS arena, right? Day one, we get to walk into that arena and it's already sold out because people have been waiting since, what, 2007 for a new arena, right? Yeah. Like that's when the uh, Lighthouse Project was first discussed. Uh, and then there's the whole shenanigans around that, the, the move to Brooklyn, you know, that served its purpose but wasn't really uh, good, right? Didn't end mm-hmm. up well, but again, served its purpose. And now finally... What is it? Uh, Thirteen years later, we're finally like, "Hey, we have a new building." Yeah, all this time later, and finally, Ledecky and Malkin came through, and it's been a little bit. We've known for a few years now that it was going to be Belmont, the home of the new building. Uh, obviously, Nassau Coliseum was not a sustainable option. It was nice to be able to go back there in the short term for nostalgia reasons, and. More specifically, this this playoff run, the most recent one, with having you know fans be able to be there for it, was really a, a nice way to, to finally close the doors on the Coliseum because it, it couldn't be the last time that fans were there it was going to be that that stupid game against the Carolina Hurricanes oh. that we were at. That was oh god, that was a bad game in, in terms of how it ended. Right, the high stick that mm-hmm. shouldn't that wasn't actually a high stick. Either way, and, and then the way it ends, right? The beer shower on the ice, and I know we had that debate already. We won't get back into it, but like, it's not a terrible way to end things. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, and as for UBS, good news for potential uh, people also going to the home opener. Both Mitch and I will be there. Yes, we have tickets. We will be there. Uh, what we're going to do during our day there, who knows, but we will be there early. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, as it gets closer, we'll keep you updated on what the plan is for that. But, um, both of us will be there. Obviously love to meet people, chop it up, talk some Islanders hockey, all good things. 
have a barn rocker or two and just enjoy the pregame celebrations before we all get to parade into the building and marvel at our new home. Uh, I cannot wait for that. Uh, it's just uh, <clears throat> the sellout again. The fact that it was gone within minutes really, really emphasizes how um, stoked the Islanders fan base is for this new arena, right? Like it wasn't just a slow trickle and we eventually got it sold out. We got there eventually. No, no. Within minute, but boom, done, baby. There's no question about it. People are stoked for the UBS Arena, as they should be, I, from everything I've seen. Um, I can't wait to step foot into that building. It also helps that the team is like a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, too. Like, it's not like, oh, this is like probably a playoff team, like kind of like, I don't know, like the 2015 and 2016 Islanders, like they were good, but it's not the same kind of mindset that this group of Islanders have. So um, I, I think that definitely plays a role in, you know, it's selling out so quickly, too. Absolutely. You're right. Like, they're not just kind of maybe hoping for a Stanley Cup. They're cup contenders, but there's no question about it. It's cup or bust. Not maybe not bust is kind of a strong word, but it's destination Stanley Cup this year is really the the one lane. That's their one single focus is the Stanley Cup this year, uh, and that you're right absolutely helps in terms of generating that buzz because you're not just going in to see like a team in the new building. It's not just the building. It's the building and the team and the potential. Uh, it's just incredible. No, absolutely. So I can't. I, the countdown is on. I cannot wait to opening night. Plus, it'll be good to, like, I don't know, actually get some, like, good New York sports here because both football teams stink. The Both baseball teams are limping to the finish line. Um, I mean, the basketball teams are good, but I don't really care about basketball. But I am just itching for, like, a legitimate, really good New York team. So give me the Islanders back, please. Let's go, baby. Anything else on the sellout, or do you want to get into this little goalie thing? Let's get into this little goalie thing we got going on here. Okay. So what I wanted to do today was kind of just talk through what we think the goalie split between Ilya Sorokin and Semyon Varlamov is going to be in 2021-2022. So for context, uh, last year, 56 games, 36 of them went to Semyon Varlamov, which quick math tells you that is 64% for uh, Semyon Varlamov. Would you say that it that number is going to go up, down, or stay the same? It's going to go down to 50% at least, and it may fluctuate from there depending on who has the hotter hand. I'm with you. I think it's much closer to 50% when looking at uh, the Varley-Sorokin split. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be exactly 50 50 no, no. I, I think that's gonna be a little bit tough but what's 55 like what's 55 percent of 82 let's do 25 times 82 45 yeah if it's yeah if varley starts 45 that sounds about right yeah it really does so the idea here between the tandem isn't that as far as i understand it isn't that there's one starter and it's his crease and the other schmuck is going to get time whenever the other guy is tired that's not how this is going to work. It's very much a 1A, 1B situation, a la Leonard and Grice, right? Um, that's what it's going to be this year, right? The first 82-game season in a while now, uh, these guys are conditioned. They're going to be ready for it, but you don't want to wear anyone out either. And, and why not use a strength, right? It's not like you've got, again, just some random schmuck that you're going to put pads on and hope to God he stops at what he sees. No, you've got a legit caliber, like starting caliber goalie as your 
quote unquote backup. Why not use that? You and then keep both of your guys rested, and then whoever's hot, you play in the playoffs, and they're not completely exhausted from playing sixty games over the year. Right, that's a great point too. And you brought up Leonard and Grice, and I just wanted to go back because I didn't remember off the top of my head what it was, but it was forty three starts for Leonard to Thomas Grice's thirty nine. So that's about as damn close as you're going to get to a 50-50 split. <laughs> that's exactly it, right? Like so, I, I that's what it's going to be this year. It really is. Again, it's not just some random guy that they're like, "Hey, uh, Jean Guy, put on some pads, get there, and let's stop the hockey puck." Now. No, this is Ilya Sorokin coming in in a sophomore season, really, um, and he showed what he could do last year, right? Nine eighteen save percentage last year. That's pretty damn good. And was it a two twenty one goals against average? Like uh, that's. 217. 217. Like, that, that's the guy that you're going to be like, no, no, stay to the side. No, it's going to be play him as often as possible. Your back-to-backs, covered. Road trips, covered 50-50 down the middle. We don't have to exhaust either one of our shot stoppers because you have a quality replacement. And I'm using replacement, like, facetiously here. Uh, they're not actually replacing anyone. It's just you can swap. That's a better word I should use. You can swap goalies as you go and keep them as fresh as you can. And if you're keeping a 217 goalie fresh throughout the year, and what was it? Barley was 230, something like that, goals against? Uh, Varley last year was 929 save percentage, 204 goals against. <laughs> you keep a 204 and a 217 goalie fresh. Like, come on, what are we talking about here? If anyone thinks that this goalie tandem isn't going to be good, they need to check their head because they're absolutely ridiculous. Right, and that's the thing, too. With with playoffs, obviously Varlamov got more of the starts, but Sorokin did have to come in in relief, and he was really good, too. They both finished with a 922 save percentage. Goals against average for Varley was a little better, 256 to Sorokin's 279, but the, the benefit here is that Barry Trout should be able to close his eyes, put two names in a hat, and pull one out and get a 920 save percentage. Like, it, it's not going to matter. That's exactly it, right? Like, it's just random. What, what Russian goalie am I going to start today? And it's a throw a dart on the board, and wherever you end up, that's the guy you put in. Uh, and, yeah, you're going to get 920 from him, not only because you've got a quality goalie in front of you, you've got a quality team in front of that goalie. Uh, there's no reason that the, one guy, excuse me, should be the starter and one guy the backup. We no longer have room for that role on this team. Maybe going forward, sure. When we, if we assume Elias Sorokin is going to become that 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 starter, yeah, maybe we have a guy play sixty games. Yeah, maybe. But as it stands today, there's no reason for it. We have a strength. Use it. Yeah, I'm. I couldn't have said it any better myself. When you have two goalies, which the Islanders do that they feel comfortable with. I mean, they're paying the both of them a combined $9 million against the cap this year. Uh, I think it's in their best interest to get their money's worth. You're not going to have a $4 million backup who's going to play, you know, 20 games. That's not how it's going to go. Well, yeah. Now, if someone gets injured, look out. Of because course. after that, it's not like the Islanders have depth down the, mm-hmm. down in the pipes. Say what you will, but Jakob Skarik, I don't think he's ready for the NHL just yet. And so... He'll come up, I would imagine, or, or they'll call up Ken Appleby or, or something like that to just kind of sit and keep the bench warm while the other guy sits out there. Just like, uh, was it J.F. Berube, right? And, and mm-hmm. Thomas Grice when Halak was out. They, they just ran Thomas Grice to the ground, and he, he did very well with it. 
So we might see that 50-50 split trend in, e- in either way, depending if someone gets hurt, because they're not going to bring in someone else that they're going to play every other night. That's just they, they don't have that kind of strength in the system. It might have been, it might have been. Um, oh my God, what was his name? Christopher Gibson, actually. You're right. It was Gibson. Yeah, but that, I mean, that that's exactly it. They had to ride Thomas Grice because their only other option was Gibson, who was giving up like three, four goals a game easy. Yeah, guy couldn't stop a beach ball, and they're like, get him out of there. It was that really long road trip, remember? And he had that like he being Grice had that one really good game in uh, in Chicago that they lost in overtime, if I remember correctly. Um, but like, and they started them like the next night, right? Like he played it back to back on the road, and you're going, "What are you doing?" Well, you when you got Chris Gibson there, who can't stop a beach ball, you got to run the guy out, and that's what's going to happen for the Islanders. If, if God forbid, I hope none, none of them get injured. Obviously, if either Sorokin or Volumov gets injured, you're going to see a healthier run of games for either one of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to then go into majority. But if everyone remains the same and everyone's healthy 100 percent of the way. How is this not like Varley gets 45 starts and Sorokin gets 37, something like that? It's, I, there's no conscionable reason for it. I know Barry Trotz likes his one start. He likes to have one guy that he's going to throw in there 60 games and then the other guy plays the remainder. That's what he likes to do. But he's heard him talk recently over the last couple of years saying like in today's NHL, you can no longer do that. That is no longer an option. You have to run two guys out there. And that's true because you can't be like, yeah, we're going to win those, I don't know, 40 of the 60 games the other guy starts and then lose most of the games the other guy starts. No, you want to try to win every single one of them. You can't start the day by like, we got this random guy and that's hopefully we pull this one out, but I don't think we will. That That is a coach's nightmare. And so if they know that they can rely on, on the other guy having just as good as a performance as the first guy, oh my God, coaches sleep easy all day, every day. Right, and that's the thing too. Like we talked about it in the first segment with the Islanders having Stanley Cup aspirations. You really, if you're a team like that, you can't afford to have a backup where it's like, oh my God, this guy's in, it's going to be a long day. Like for instance, you, you mentioned it earlier, but and I felt like anytime the Islanders were starting JF Berube, you're going, oh God, here we go. We're in for a long night. You can't have days like that. Every single game is important. That's just it. And they couldn't have it then either because they, they may not have been Stanley Cup contenders like we are now, but they're still trying, right? They're still trying to yeah. convince John Tavares to stay. They're still trying to like build off of those back-to-back 100-point years. And then they run out J.F. Berube and you're going, guys, with all due respect to J.F. Berube, he's an AHL goalie, although I guess Garcino saw it differently. Um, <laughs> yes. But uh, we can't keep running this guy out. And it's not like they had another option, right? They couldn't. So they, they just did what they did. The Islers don't have to fall back on that. They have a strong starter in Simeon Varlamov, and they have an equally strong up-and-coming starter in Ilya Sorokin, who's slowly, but sh- maybe not slowly, but surely becoming that, that quality goat in the net that we've been looking for for a while now. Right, absolutely. And like everyone knows, the writing's on the wall. Sorokin's the, the future here. It, it's not Simeon Varlamov. So while I don't think anyone's going to argue that Varlamov is the better goalie now, but long term, is he going to get another contract? I, I don't think so. So you have to eventually start to get Sorokin up to the point where he's able to play starter like minutes. So, uh, you know, uh, eventually it's going to have to swap. Yeah, well, I don't. Do we either of us think that Simeon Varlamov is here next year? 
for his final year on the I think no, I think probably he probably gets traded next offseason. Right? Like we've seen uh Lula Amarillo deal off big pieces to clear up space. And and by big pieces, like Nick Letty, with all due respect, not even with all due respect, was a big piece. Like mm-hmm. you may not have liked his play, but he was a serviceable member on this team. Uh, but he needed to go to clear up that cap space. That's going to be the issue with Sibin Varlamov. And if you've got a starter like we keep talking about with Ilya Sorokin, why not? You, you're dealing from a position of strength. Okay, well, we'll move uh, Sibin Varlamov this $5 million deal. Let's try to find a Thomas Grice-like player for, let's say, $2 million to save $3 million on the cap. Hell yeah! Right, and I have full faith in both Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz finding someone and even if it's not 920 like you could survive if your backup's giving you i don't know what do you want to call it 915 with this yeah. group like th- that that's more than fine probably you, when you got Mitch Korn back there like directing pulling the strings for the goaltending department i'm not worried about anyone they bring in they could bring in the worst goalie in the league and he might be able to do something with them that's very true but i i'm with you and i don't necessarily think we have to turn this into a, a, this is Semyon Varlamov's last year kind of a segment but um I think the Islanders just should use this year to set themselves up for success, not only this year, but beyond. And doing that is making it more of an even split because, like you're saying, if it's going to be 65-70% Simeon Varlamov, then you know, you're know you only hurting yourself because more than likely next year Sorokin's going to be the main starter, and then what? Yeah, you didn't sign him to a 4 by $4 million deal to have him play a couple of games a year, right? Like, this is a clear intention. Like, we're going to pay you starter-ish money because we're working you into a starter-ish role. Uh, it started last year, and it's going to keep on going this year. Uh, I don't think the the money stays the same. So the, you have no... Uh, when you look at the contract, you don't see, like, oh, $2 million this year, 3 and then, like, something like 6 I don't know if the math works out, but you know, just bear with me you know, later on saying like, we believe he will be some like the money doesn't show their intent with where, where they plan on using him. But $4 million isn't chump change that that's quite a bit no. of money. And you're not tossing $4 million on a backup. No, exactly. And you know, that's, that's the thing. How long can you survive with $9 million going towards your, your goalies for this year? They're going to make it work, but eventually like you said they're probably gonna have to clear out some room and that seems like the obvious choice with one year left on his deal at five million dollars yeah because you still have to sign like ryan pollock will be you know up for ufa status at the end of this year uh, same thing with cal clutterbuck we assume that they're going to try to keep him um although after that you're good right you don't really have too much more leo Komarov, goodbye ross johnson probably goodbye um andy green also probably goodbye like you don't have to worry about these bigger deals outside of Ryan Pollock. So maybe they could make it work with Sibian Varlamov next year and just have him like leave as a UFA. Uh, but he'll be 35 by then, so I don't imagine he's going to get much. Not that it matters, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, again, you're right. We don't have to make this about this is the last hurrah of Sibian Varlamov with the Islanders. Really, the, the, the topic that we want to discuss is they have a strength in net and they damn well better use it. I believe they will because it, it would be real dumb if they didn't. Right. Like, you obviously, and this is going to sound like super obvious but you, you want to play to your strengths and obviously the islanders in net for the last three years have been really really damn good so uh splitting it up and keeping each guy fresh sounds like a really good idea to me <laughs> right like everyone loves fresh that's subway's been living off of that for 20 <laughs> years now yes it's worked for them it should work for the islanders too 
That's right. Anything else on the Varlamov Sorokin tandem and playing time? I, I can't wait for people to be down on them, be like, oh, it's not going to be the best tandem in the league. And then they prove them absolutely wrong because they were the best tandem in the league last year. They had the lowest goals against average in the NHL last season combined. So, and it's only going to go up from there because that, that also considers a small year with Sorokin not playing a ton of games and not really being that great for the first few. Absolutely. So, with that, let's tra- transition and get into down on the farm. What do you got for prospects this week? Well, we know that they're already in town, right? We know that Aturatu is in town. We know that uh, Robin Salo is also, I believe, in town. Um, so people, not, not people, but players are starting to converge for the training camp that should start by the 23rd is the first on-ice portion of it. So they're, they're getting there. Don't expect the deluge of, of prospects. There aren't going to be a ton of them there. Uh, the ones that will be there are the ones that are probably, well, not probably, but on NHL contracts. So you've got guys like Ratu, Holmstrom, Adams, Jenkins, Newkirk, Bolzuk, Wild, and so on and so forth. I would expect all of them to be there and only maybe a handful of guys. And, and by handful, I shouldn't even say that. I should say like one. As far as I know, Tristan Lennox is probably going to be the only non-contracted player out there. Uh, unless we count PTOs, which we have to think they're going to give some sort of PTO, eh? Probably. I would imagine so, right? At least when it comes to defense. Yeah, what's Dennis Seidenberg up to? <laughs> Still having Noah Dobson stay at his house? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. But do you th- do you think Zidane Ochara would sign a PTO? <sighs> I don't think so. If I'm Zidane Ochara, I wouldn't. No, but like... Do you find it weird that we haven't really heard anything in that yes. camp? Yes. Yes. I find it very weird that we haven't heard anything, nor have we heard anything from his agent saying, like, he's still thinking about whether to retire or not. And maybe I just haven't seen it come across my desk, but I haven't seen anything on Zidane Ochara saying, I want to play another year or not. So it makes me think that maybe he's coming uh, because, well, when, when everyone else was quiet, sure enough, they ended up on the island. Yeah, maybe. I, I I don't know, but just something to think about. Because you're you saying PTO, and I was thinking of, okay, well, who's a defenseman that can maybe sign, be assigned to a PTO? There's been nothing, absolutely nothing with Zidane Ochara. So, like, that that's the obvious to stand out, right? That's the one obvious one to stand out. Like, he's got the minutes. And, and I know we're in the down on the farm section we're talking about. Sorry. 44-year-old <laughs> veteran. But I made it go there, so... Uh, yeah, he's absolutely someone that you kind of go like, well, he's not been linked to a team yet, and there's only one team we know that's currently operating in the shadows, and that's the Islanders. So, like, maybe if a shoe fits. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, for prospects, uh, Rutsin Nishikov picked up a foot injury, so he's out for four weeks, according okay. to Adler Mannheim. Where the injury occurred, we're still not sure, uh, and I'm not going to go and ask him either because that doesn't really, it's none of my business where it happened. Uh, we just know that he's injured. He's at home. Sent him my, like, you know, get well soon. He replied with, thanks, I appreciate it. Um, he's going to be back, and he's going to be fine. I- I've seen some people ask me if there's an injury concern or injury-prone uh, uh, concern, and I, I would not. I don't I don't think so. Not at all. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that because, well, the last time he got hurt, too, wasn't because he just took a massive hit up high? He took a massive open ice hit, concussed, was out. I believe it was his second game for UConn, like, right. ever. Uh, he put up, like, three points in his first game. Don't quote me on that. It might even just be two, either way. And then the very next game, big open ice hit. He's coming across 
the blue line and just gets clocked and is out cold. Like, I, I don't know how you could avoid that. That's the thing that I don't like is when, when players get hurt with really unavoidable injuries or freak injuries and it's like, oh, they're injury prone. It's like, well, hold on. He, he, got, he got mauled on an open ice hit and got yeah. concussed. Are you going to call him injury prone for that? Like, that's not fair. It's not like, I don't know, the same guy. Andrew Ladd at the end of his career, injury prone. Because <laughs> same thing happening over and over and over again. Where, Absolutely. like, a freak injury? Like, that's not fair. I don't think that's a fair characterization. No. So, um, but he's gone for four weeks, and he was playing really well for Adler. Um, there, you know, I say pretty well, and you're going to look at the points and be like, well, he doesn't have a ton of points. And, and that's certainly true. Uh, but he was starting to get a feel for the league. Uh, and get a feel for new line mates because we have to remember the guy that he's playing with, at least on his right side, is Borna Rengelich, who comes from Orbro, uh, Robin Salah's former team. He's also new to not only Adler Mannheim, but playing in the Dutch League, or not the Dutch League, the German League. Keep thinking of Deutsch. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so they got to figure out some kind of like chemistry between the two of them. But it started It started to go. It started to, to click. So the going out for four weeks comes at the, probably the worst time for him, but... It is what it is. Uh, he'll be back, and he'll be just as strong for it afterwards. Okay. Yes, hopefully he comes back and, and is strong. That would be awesome. Outside of that, um, we got Williams full who just can't stop scoring goals, buddy. Like four this goals, six points in two games, just going off in the Quebec Major Junior League. We love scoring goals, and that is someone that I feel like you've circled a bunch when it comes to this, the goal-scoring category. Yeah, like his GM says that he can put up 40. I think he could even do more. Like He's in a better offensive situation than he was last year. Uh, he, I'm not going to say he will hit 50, but if there's someone who can hit 50, he's certainly one of them. Okay. That would be, imagine that, 50-goal season. I, I understand the league he's playing in. Like I get all these caveats, but still, like numbers are numbers, man. Yeah, the, you, a 50-goal season is a 50-goal season. Who cares about the caliber of the league? Yeah, it doesn't mean like, I oh, scored 50 goals, he's in the next Ovi. No, of course not. Uh, maybe, but maybe not. Uh, but at the very least, like that's pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah, good for him. My God. So that's the last thing I have for the updates. Uh, there's not a whole lot more going on. This The regular season is starting to ramp up here. Uh, college hockey doesn't start for another couple of weeks where there's another slew of Islanders prospects there. Uh, so still waiting for the next group of players. It's all in Europe right now. All right, there we go. Quiz time? Let's do it. So, like we do every week, I have a mystery New York Islander for you to guess, Matt. You have five clues to guess who this player is. They get progressively easier as you go. Are you ready? Let's do it. One, I played for Grand Prairie Storm and the Ohio, uh, sorry, and Ohio State before joining the Isles. Next. I played 42 games and eight points at the NHL. 42 games, eight points points next I was undrafted not ringing a bell yet okay I spent most of my professional career playing in the AHL with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers okay and mostly a career sound I mean sorry by most I mean all of my so far AHL career and he's played 42 games with the Islanders? Correct. He went to Ohio State. Yeah. 
was a captain for them. Was captain for Ohio. God. <laughs> this is... Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Five, my name is Tanner. Oh, Tanner Fritz. There it is. Damn it. That was a <laughs> choke job. Who were, who were you thinking before you took it back? Um... I was gonna, I, don't, I was gonna say Noah Dobson, but that was that was not a good that was not a good guess. I yeah, just good. the um, he was a captain for his junior team, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. For the doesn't matter either way. Yakety Bathers Titans, I think. Yeah. I knew. I I know he was playing in Canada, but captain and Noah Dobson was the connection, and I knew that it was wrong. That's why I didn't say anything. Good call by you. There we go. All right. So after that embarrassing performance, let's get to the social segment. What do we got going around on Isles Twitter? So I don't have one specific tweet because I don't want to make it about one specific person because it's a okay. sentiment I've seen on a number of tweets here uh, where Sebastian Ajo is definitely not going to be playing for the Islanders. He can't play NHL hockey. And I don't get that very firm stance. I don't, I don't understand that. I'm not saying they're necessarily wrong, but what makes you say that he cannot at all ever play at the NHL level? Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's fair. Um I personally would not feel comfortable putting him as my second pair defenseman on this team. Uh but that's not me saying that I don't think he's an NHL defenseman. I think he's a third pair or seventh defenseman, which wasn't that what he was last year, a seventh defenseman? Basically, yeah. Absolutely. Right, he played 3 games last year. Okay, so I I think that I think that's a little harsh. I I agree. Like the thing with with Sebastian Aho is He's got skills, right? Like, we've seen him at the AHL level put up a bunch of points. I think it's 105 and 156 games type of thing. Don't quote me on the math there, but I think it's close. Um, so at the AHL level, he's above that. There's no question that he's he's above AHL hockey. Can he hit the NHL? Well, we haven't really given him much of a chance, right? He played 22 games in 17-18 for Doug Wade. Uh, so and still put up four points in 22 games, which is impressive enough. And then had two points in three games this year, or last year, I should say, which is, you know, all right. There's a reason they keep bringing this kid around, right? Like, he was on the taxi squad all year. He followed him through the playoffs last year and this year. Uh, there's a reason they're keeping this kid around, and it's not because he's no good at hockey. Exactly. He, he's Maybe he's someone who's like, in, in I always think of it in baseball terms, like they call players who are like almost too good for the minor leagues and not good enough for the major major leagues, like a quadruple A player, because their triple A is the highest level of the minor leagues. I almost feel that way with Sebastian Ajo, but um, I would lean a little bit more towards more likely a bottom tier NHL player versus a like this guy's just an AHLer. Yeah, I think so. I like your your quadruple A analogy here because that that's basically what he is, as far as we've seen, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe he goes off because, you know, he's held the figurative clipboard under a Barry Trot system for so long that he knows how to play the system now. And once he actually gets some leash and leeway, he goes off with it. Or not, right? Uh, but I wouldn't be so quick to dismiss Sebastian Ajo's chances. I think that's fair. That's an interesting point. I'm glad you brought that one up, Mitch. Um, my first one is from Turner Sports PR. It says, News, Turner Sports PR. Bolsters NHL game and studio commentator team. Full release 
And then they include a graphic and wouldn't you know it, but Brendan Burke is making his way over to TNT to do some play-by-play for them. How about that being on the same team as Wayne Gretzky? That's a winning team already. I would love to be on the same team as Wayne Gretzky. Although I did say I don't think that Wayne Gretzky would make a good uh, studio analyst, but that that's me. Um, yeah, that's good. Good for Brendan. He's going to be busy this year. Real busy, that's for sure. Yeah, he always likes to keep busy, and uh, he, he deserves it because he's a really, really good play-by-play guy for hockey. Absolutely. like It, it took him a bit to get to the NHL, but he's clear, he clearly belongs, and it won't obviously wouldn't, didn't take long for him to get to the national level. Absolutely. So good. Just wanted to say good on you, Brendan. Congrats and uh, well deserved. Absolutely. My second and last one here comes from Nicole Sherman. I want to thank her uh, publicly for giving oh. me this uh, Google Mogul uh, drink. Okay. It's, can you explain what that that is? Give us a little context. I call it basically Russian eggnog because okay. you take a raw egg, put some honey in it, whisk it until it comes to foam, put it in some hot milk that you melted butter in and then you just mix them together and drink it okay it, it sounds good. not great but it's actually really good okay yeah because just based on like everything you listed out i'm like eh, i don't know but if you're if you're swearing by it maybe i gotta give it a go i put a pinch of cinnamon in it and i put some vanilla just for taste and it went down really easy i, I waited too long to drink it all so it got too cold near the end and i didn't want to microwave it because i didn't think it would be all mm, right yeah uh, but the portion I drank was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I suggested. The only reason I, I did that is because I knew my, my throat was kind of raw. Uh, so getting that uh, really kind of helps your throat with all those dairy products and the honey. And uh, so far, it's paying off. I've been talking for almost an hour here, and my throat isn't really feeling rough at all. So thank you, Nicole, a lot for that. Yes, thank you, Nicole. Uh, My last one comes from the Islanders official account. It says one year ago today, the Islanders avoided elimination in game five of the Eastern Conference final with a win in double overtime. And it's the gif of Semyon Varlamov doing that dive and slide. That is still one of the more iconic celebrations over the last two years. And uh, that that gif needs to be shared. And anytime I see it, I want to bring it up. So there we go. It really is the greatest celebration I've ever seen in my life. Uh, if they win the cup, he's got to do that again. Yeah, from like the blue line to center ice, just a big long slide. Yeah, and they're all waiting for him. So instead of everyone going to the goalie, right? Like usually what happens is they all rush the goalie when mm. they win the cup. The goalie's got to rush them at center ice. Yeah, I think that. I think that's the move. I think so too. So hopefully they win it. And we can see it, but um, <laughs> let's not count our chickens, I guess. So before we go, let's get some plugs in here. So wherever you listen to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and review. That really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter, Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could download the fan-sided app. Get us over there. You could also visit the website, eyesonisles.com. And of course, we got to mention it, the Patreon. $5 a month gets you a ton of bonus content. You get a weekly mailbag show. During the offseason, you get two additional shows a week where we break down in-depth topics. And during the regular season, instead of that, you get post-game podcasts for each and every game. You also get a community of Islanders fans on Discord and just a whole lot of fun happening over there. Right, Mitch? Always going off with something. Love it. Uh, and now we got our mailbag coming in. So let's go, buddy. That's going that's to do it for us on episode 213. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson. 
and we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.